3: Hyundai, there's joy in every
4: journey.
0: You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Round Table. Left side, it's a three. In and out. Rebound. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left quarter pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Here's Kevin
5: Dana right and Gary St. Jean. What up ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Warriors Roundtable on 95-7 the game. Kevin Dana alongside Gary St. Jean. We are taking your calls all hour long from six to 7 95, Again, that line, eight 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 We'd like to remind you that the Warriors 2022-23 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente and a lot to get to tonight. We will start with the most immediate stuff, though. The loss last night to the Miami Heat, 116, 109. The Warriors now 0 and 3 on this current five game road trip. Two more games still on the trip at Orlando, at New Orleans. But let's break down the loss to the Miami Heat. And Gary, on the good side, it was probably the best they've played on the road trip compared to the Charlotte and Detroit games. But on the bad side, a loss is, well, still a loss.
6: Well, good evening, Kevin. You know, you you hit it on the head. Uh, I thought the team played hard. Uh, I thought they... Did a good job for the majority of the game. And at the fourth quarter, just got away from them with six turnovers and getting outscored 30 to 15. You know, you took a lead in the third. Um, and, and you look at this game and you say to yourself, you know, you we're going to deal with this. This is just the way it's going to be for a while with the bench inconsistency. You've got two guys on your team that are playing consistent right now. And that's Wiggins and Steph. And, and as a coach... You like to know to have an idea of what you're going to get game to game. And you really are searching right now, and that's why you're seeing different combinations out there. Uh, You know, you had Clay having a night off on a back-to-back, and maybe he won't won't play against the Pelicans after this next game. Um, But, you know, I'm looking at this and and coming away from it with some positives. I I, I think that uh, they can get a win In their next tilt and and feel good about themselves it it, this is this is a marathon not a sprint this is a long journey and uh, anybody that's throwing up red flags uh you know getting all upset right now doesn't understand the whole thing um fast break points against you uh still is a concern because of the quality of shots that the warriors are taking um you know, on different situations, who has back responsibility. Weak side, obviously the top guys, and there's there doesn't seem to be a, a, a good grasp of who has to get back from the young guys. I thought Weissman was better uh, coming back after you know foul trouble, and uh, you know we're going to chat about these young guys. We're going to keep chatting about them because they're going to be uh, pivotal people. And that, that's just the way it's going to be this year.
2: Uh,
5: well, you're, you're certainly right about a lot of things there, Gary, and, and one of them being there's still 74 games left in the regular season. So a long way to go, just 10% of the way down. Again, we are taking your calls all hour long, 888-957-9570. We will throw it out to line one, the coach calling in from Vallejo. What's up, coach?
7: Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, glad to talk to you. First time calling in on in the evening. Um, what I want to say, uh, and saying, you can help me out here. Jonathan Kaminga, uh, he needs to play. And right now would be a good time for him to play in the early season. Uh, because to Michael Green, we know who he is. Okay. You know who he is and he's a serviceable uh, player, but Kaminga has a chance to be a star. And I think one of the things that's affecting Kaminga here is that all the guys, well, most of the guys in his draft class. And on other teams, they're playing a lot of minutes, and they're getting ahead of him. And I think it's kind of unfair for Kerr to just kind of sit him on the bench when, or if he gets in, he makes one mistake, and he snatches him right out the game. And I think that's really affecting Kamingo. What do you think?
6: Well, as a fan, I'd I'd probably agree with your assessment. As as an old coach, I'd come back and talk to you about – a lot of things that we don't know about because we're not inside the locker room or on the practice floor. Now, I hear he's a hardworking guy. Uh, so is he in there early? Uh, does he have big ears? Does he listen to the veterans? How do you deal with this? Exactly your point of how do you deal with a situation like this when you're not getting to play a lot? What's the reasons why? Is your focus good in the shoot when you get in there, do you understand the game plan? Uh, is it possibly you're getting subbed out because of defensive mistakes? Coaches can live with offensive stuff. Uh, maybe a bad shot here or there or brain locking on a play. But they're with, with young guys, they want to see a focus defensively. Uh, defensive transition? Is he defensive rebounding? Uh, is he sharp on the weak side? All of those kind of things, and uh, I I can buy into what you're saying. I just am really inquisitive as to why he's not playing a lot. There's there's something there uh, that's not triggering them putting him in there on a consistent basis. We don't know the answers to that, but hopefully the young guy uh, deals with it in the right way. When you got an Andre Iguodala around, or a Clay Thompson, or these older guys. It's even a better message than say the assistant coaches can bring when they're watching film with them. Is he watching a lot of film? Is he learning from that? So let's not, uh, let's not get our ganders down a little bit because he's not getting to play right now. Again, we said it before, it's a long season. I've seen enough good. One, he's a great athlete. We know that. Two, he's shown us some things that are very, very positive. And, uh, You know, let's hope it gets some consistency that, uh, you know, one stop, two stops, a shot made, another shot made, a dunk. All of a sudden you're feeling good about yourself and the coaches are saying he's helping us win the game.
5: Coach, thanks for the call. And uh, like you, I I think. A lot of fans just want to be able to see Jonathan Kaminga get out there because he is such a tantalizing athlete. But like Coach said, uh, like like the Saints said, the coach, the GM, former coach and GM of the Golden State Warriors, that you know there is not. We don't know everything. We're not there at every practice, and I imagine he is going to get a lot more playing time at some point this season. It might not be in the next game, but you can imagine on, on the back end of a back to back. He played 19 minutes at Detroit. They got another back end of a back-to-back on Friday. You imagine some bet is not going to play, which would mean there would be more minutes for Jonathan Kaminga. So hopefully we can see Kaminga get out there sooner rather than later. Let's throw it to San Jose. We got Curtis on line one. What's up, Curtis?
8: What's going on, guys? The saintly one. Dude, I love it when you're on the air and when I get to see you on TV and, and do the round table type thing. You got such a great personality and your knowledge is endless and you can just tell that saintly you're a good guy, man. Here's my question to you. Are the Warriors deep enough to where, personnel wise, to where they can send Kaminga down to the G League for about five or six games, then bring him back, then send Wiseman down for about four or five or six games, and before you send him back, you You'd have both of them down there for about three or four games, and then you'd bring them back to the Warriors' big team. What do you think about that? Are the Warriors deep enough to be able to do that? And do you think that that would be an advantage? Because like you said, there's something missing. Something missing. Love that personality, St. I'll listen to your answer.
6: Curtis, you, you read all that stuff just like I wrote it. Thank you very, very much. You're a heck of a guy. Now, to answer your question, you know, the Warriors may get a situation, exactly what you're saying, where they've got two, three days off and they're home and, you know, Kev's guys are playing down there and Kev will pick them up for you if you want him to uh, and and drive them down and and play down there because Kev would love to call their game playing down there. And, you know, you're right. With a young player, one thing that tends to wander is confidence. Uh, because this is a tough, tough grind. And you guys, all the valid points about needing to play and, and letting them play through mistakes, trust me, your coaches want to do that. And uh, I, I just, I, I'm not losing my belief in these two guys. I, I really think the future is really, really bright. The concept of curse brings out is good. Now, maybe they would just do it for one game versus three, four, or five uh but uh you know what these guys need to see the ball go through the hoop they need to see themselves just cleaning up the glass and really getting out on the break and getting a dunk and all that kind of thing and because uh there's nothing better for a young player than to feel uh, feel real positive about his game
5: Curtis thanks for the call and if you remember a couple of years ago Jordan Poole in year two wasn't playing a whole lot got sent to the G League they were in a bubble that year played 11 or 12 really good games and then really kind of sparked his career from there and has been on an upward trend ever since. Dub Nation you don't want to miss this show Adam Sandler is coming to San Francisco join us at Chase Center on December 6th to see Adam Sandler live with a surprise guest get your tickets now at Chase center.com time for a break when we come back we'll talk more about the young guys we'll talk about the defense that has been slow out of the gates for the golden state warriors and more here on 95 7 the game
0: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
3: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: If you've just joined us, don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95-7 The Game. Hurry behind the back. Wait. Stops. It pops. On the way. Ridiculous three on the right sideline. Now, Here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean.
5: Nation, the season is in full swing and you don't want to miss a single home game. Join us live at Chase Center on Monday, November 7th as the Warriors host the Sacramento Kings for the second time already this season. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives are standing by. Kevin Dana, Gary St. Jean with you. Taking your calls all hour long, Eight 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 957 We've been talking about the young guys and we've talked to a good bit about Jonathan Kaminga. Gary, I want to talk a little more about James Wiseman now because you mentioned it. He was much better in the second half, had a rough stint in the first half at Miami. Kind of the same thing against Detroit as well. Rough first half, better in the second half. And and sometimes it it feels like a couple of points I want to talk about. First, though, Gary, it, it feels like when he doesn't make solid defensive plays that it hurts his offense as well where he'll make a bad play on defense perhaps lose some confidence because we see him miss lobs miss dunks some flub passes in the first half that he usually has cleaned up in the second half kind of when he's in a better flow or rhythm I guess how often have you kind of seen that throughout the course of your career with a young guy you know when things maybe aren't going right for him on one side of the floor it kind of carries over to the other side of the floor
6: well, first, I got a comment about our, one of our commercials uh, talking about the cookie monster. Now, you know, I'm a huge chocolate chip cookie guy. Oh, me so too. So I got to find this guy. My grandson William and I will show up because that was huge. I loved that commercial. Now, getting back to Weissman, here, here's the deal, Kev. I'm going to ask you this question. Don't most young players put their heads down when they're not scoring? Yeah, it's it's like when they don't, when they don't finish a play or something goes wrong on the offensive end, a turnover. Invariably, we see slippage on the defense. But you're bringing out a point that uh, it didn't work on the defensive end, and then it kind of pittered on the offensive end, and uh, that's usually the other way around, which I I'm kind of chuckling about, but I agree with you. And, uh, I, I keep going back to this one word experience, you know, you got to get minutes and it's going to get better. Uh, we got to remember, you know, he sat out the whole year just about. And, uh, I I'm not losing any faith in this young guy. I, I think he's going to be fine. First, you see, he's a terrific athlete. And two, I, I think he's a, a guy who wants to be a good player. And, uh, the thing for me uh, with him is, is going to see some consistency. And when consistency comes a little bit with him, he's going to feel better about himself. He's going to play better. And uh, it, it, it's, it's there. Uh, it's just uh,
5: trying to bring it out the best you can. Yeah, you you certainly see spurts on the defensive end. The the challenge of the Hamadou Diallo dunk in the second half, he had the help side block on Jimmy Butler's turnaround jumper. And, And one thing I've noticed with him is that when he switches on to guards, he is stuck with them. A couple of instances last night, he had to guard Kyle Lowry, forced him into a really tough shot that Lowry made, but it wasn't because of bad defense from James Wiseman, forced a really tough rainbow look that somehow just switched home. And then he was switched out on the Jimmy Butler, forced Butler to, to pass it up, and, and I know James Wiseman's future is as a rim protector. Right now he's at a half a block per game. You'd like to see that, you know, well above one block per game. Because he just has the athleticism, he has the body. Monty Poole wrote, it looks like he was kind of, you know, created in a rim protection factory, if you will. But, he has struggled, you know, with, with drop coverage defense at this time in his career. No doubt that he's going to get a lot better at it. I, I, I'm not worried about that. But if he's doing better on switches, or at least he is having success on switches, is that something that a coaching staff will look at and say, "Hey, maybe we want to switch more with James Wiseman"? That that's a good observation. That's your dream. And that uh,
6: complements his athleticism, that he can move his feet, that laterally he can handle it. He looks confident with it. So you just kind of say, okay, I got a young seven footer. He's not going to be physically able to do this. We're going to have to play a drop coverage. Well, he's showing me that down the road, maybe he can do the switching. And that, to me, that allows a big to get in the game even more because there's some matchups you don't want him involved uh, guarding, say, another team's great point guard. Um, the drop coverage, it, it, it takes to, uh, a time factor to get used to it, because what you're basically doing is dropping off your man, who's the screener, and you're deep into the paint. Normally, let you, everybody know where the broken circle is when you draw the big circle, where the free throw line is, where the broken circle is. You're dropping down to there. Now, your decision-making is you've got to Decide if your teammate on the ball gets beat, whether you come up and rotate and help, or whether you just stunt and recover back to your man who's rolling to the basket. So uh, that takes some experience, too. But, Kev, I'm with you. That that might be down the line something he's going to be able to handle. And I, I think that's a big – look at Kevon Looney. I, yeah. I know this for a fact. In the Dallas series, because Greg told me this, my son. They didn't want him involved in any pick and roll. They put him weak side low, whoever his guy was, so that he was not defending the pick and roll because he switched so good against Dallas.
5: Yeah, for for those who who don't remember, Greg Greg St. Jean, an assistant coach for the Dallas Mavericks, of course Gary's son, in that uh, five game series victory for Golden State, Kavon Looney, yeah, has. Long been very good at switching on to guards and keeping guys like Chris Paul in front of them. Continuing on with with the youngsters on this team... Bit of news earlier this week, Golden State picking up the third-year options on Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, fourth year for James Wiseman, so team control on those contracts through the 23-24 season. And while we've spent a lot of time talking about Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga, Gary, I've been really impressed with Moses Moody this year. His stats aren't going to jump off the page to you. But he's just really kind of a steadying presence when, it get, when he gets out there. And that's not something you say about every 20-year-old is him being a steadying presence on the floor.
6: Well, the first two guys, uh, I'm not making a profound statement. They're better athletes than him. Uh, but for right now, the pace of the game, the NBA game, is not too fast for him. You and I saw that in the summertime. That impressed us. And and when I look at the Moody, you know he played down there at Arkansas for my old pal Eric Musselman, and uh, he understands principles on both ends of the floor. Spacing on the offensive uh, end of the floor, where he's comfortable making a three, he's a good uh, pump. He's got a good pump fake and drive, and he's comfortable driving to the rim. He takes good angles. And I think he cuts well without the ball to open up other teammates. And then on the defensive end, he, he's keeping it pretty simple. When he's on a wing, most NBA teams will tell you when the ball's on either wing, left or right side, you don't want the ball to be dribbled into the middle where the offensive guy can pass to his left or to his right. You try to push them down or influence them down to the baseline where the sideline and the baseline are your ally. And he does that very, very well. I think he's rotating well on the weak side. Uh, if you're, if you're a, a, a wing guy, when you know that a Weissman is rotating from weak to strong for shot blocking, you know you've got the V back and put your body on Weissman's guy. You give up the perimeter and take away the paint. I, I just really like the way he's playing and uh
5: kudos to him. And And I hope he can keep it up. You talk about how well he's able to rotate on defense. Bob Fitzgerald's made this point on TV a couple of times. And I agree with them is that, you know, he's taken a couple of big charges for this team. And the one thing that, that, it's really impressive to me is that he doesn't reach on defense. He he moves his feet instead. And and that just seems to be kind of a high level thing for a guy who played one year at college and is now just in his second year in the NBA.
6: What's been a nemesis this far so far this year and also was last year committing falls. Um, you know, you just, you put yourself in a dilemma because they're getting free shots at the line Um it's a, it's a problem situation to be dealt with. And a lot of it is reaching. And that means you're not moving your feet. Uh, you know, you chatted, uh, recently about the GP two and how much they miss him. And that, uh, that defensive prowess where he could just go take anybody on the perimeter and contain people off the bounce. What you're seeing, it is very interesting to me this year. Uh, there are some teams that are just committed with a number of people that can put the ball on the floor to drive to the rim. Other people are looking for rotations involved in pick and roll and then space and get good shots. But these teams that can put it on the floor where they got guys that can dribble drive, they're creating problems. There isn't any doubt about it. And uh, that's why you get excited about guys that can defend. I'll tell you one thing. If you defend and rebound, I don't give you a big or small You'll get your, you'll get your minutes out
5: there, there's any doubt about it. That's for sure, and it's a, a big reason why Moses Moody is out there right now. Taking your calls all hour long, 888 888-957-957. 957 Again, 888 957 Do you want to get back to the overall theme that we've, we've kind of been hitting on with, with some of these players and just defense overall? It's, it's not just James Wiseman. It, it, it's not just some of the younger guys, some of the the, the bench players, because the, the numbers for Golden State through eight games are very Unwarrior like They are giving up the second most points per game. They're giving up more than 121 per. They are sixth worst in defensive rating, giving up more than 115 points per 100 possessions. Uh, they are 18th in opponent field goal percentage, so bottom half there. Opponents hitting 47% of their shots make it 35% of their threes, which is actually top half, but it, the, the numbers are great, and I when I listen to the national conversation, longtime former NBA players, coaches, they don't seem to be too concerned with this. They were talking on TNT last night, uh, Shaq and Kenny Smith and, and Charles Barkley, just about how you know coming off a an NBA championship season, how it kind of took teams a little while to kind of get rev back up for the title defense. And Tim Roy even asked Chris DiMarco on the pregame coaches show yesterday, Gary, how how much of the defensive issues are because these guys can read a calendar?
6: (laughs) My man, Tim Roy. He and I go all the way back to the Sacramento Kings in the early 90s. What, What a great guy. I love it. Yeah, you know, do we want to give him some excuses um. Uh, yeah, you know, like I look at last night's game and I, I look at Kavon and, and Draymond and, you know, I didn't think they had stellar games. And, and they, listen, there's not big shot blocking on this team, but this team did it by committee in the past. And their defense was superb and it always got a lot of praise. And right now, I just don't feel five guys connected by the string or the rope. I just... Feel one guy does something good, and then somebody else misses an assignment. It's not, there's not consistent stops which you need to get to get wins, and uh, but I think it can come because you've got some these veteran guys who know what they're doing out there that can say hey, they can watch a video, a film, and, and break it down and 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 get there. Um, I give you another one. Uh, you know, you know the expression Kev K Y P. Know your, personnel. know your personnel, okay? Well, last night drove me a little nuts with Robinson and Struss. Now, don't you think in the locker room that that was a point of emphasis? Make shooters drivers, make yep. drivers shooters. So what do you do? You got to get up and guard people like Struss and Robinson. Now again, I get back to my son Greg, who was with Mully at St. John's. And they really like Struss at DePaul, at DePaul. And this guy can knock them down. Robinson, he went to Phillips Exeter, where my son Greg went after De La Salle. He went to Williams College, and they transferred to Michigan. What a journey. And he's had a struggle after getting a big contract. But last night, I thought those two guys were big, big keys to their win uh, coming off the bench. So you really got to have an eye as to what's going on out there and keep the game simple. Don't make it complicated for yourself. you got to know who you're guarding all the
5: time. Yeah, the the funny thing about Duncan Robinson's threes last night, I felt like he he was five of eight from downtown. The three he missed were like the three most wide and wide open looks he got all night. Where I mean, just complete defensive breakdowns where there was nobody within ten feet of Duncan Robinson. He seemed to hit the the more contested threes in, in that game last night. And Max Struess, also another guy who started out at the sub division one level. He transferred from Lewis to DePaul Lewis, a Division II school. So it, it, interesting to see those guys kind of make their way through the non Dewey one ranks to the power conference schools. Also both of them have been on two-way contracts, so they played in the G League. And uh, Max Struess actually had a pretty rough injury his rookie year three years ago. Made him miss most of the season. So good to see those guys perform uh, if, well when they don't play Golden State, but they were both uh, killers for the Warriors last night. I guess the one of the frustrating things for last night for me, Gary, was that they got off to such a good start defensively Golden State. I mean, through the first eight minutes, it was 21 to 15. They had given up just nine points in the first six minutes. They were locked in defensively. Then when Draymond Green subbed out, Andrew Wiggins subbed out, Miami, the the back end of the first two quarters just went to work. 18 points in the last four minutes of the first quarter and another 14 points in the last four minutes of the second quarter. I mean, that's 32 points and an eight-minute stretch, and you, know, you don't need to be a mathematician to know that those aren't good numbers.
6: You know, you, as a coach, you're, you're really emphasizing—you know—finish the quarters well and uh, make them positives, not negatives. And then you look at who was on the floor, and there was a lot of young guys, so uh, that 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 didn't that didn't sit well at all. And uh, so, with that said, um, that's got to improve. And and you know I'm just I'm looking around the West, Kev. It's crazy what's going on with, with some of these teams, the starts that they're off to, San Antonio, Portland, Utah, even OKC. I mean, it, it, this is going to be so. Don't don't get down if the Warriors have lost a few here, because this is going to be one heck of a wild race uh, all the way till uh, mid-April.
5: Yeah, no, it, it's going to be an interesting regular season for sure, especially with Golden State. I'm not saying they're digging themselves a, a big hole through eight games, but you know, last year, of course, they got off to the 18 and two start, 21 and five, so it wasn't until game 26 when they lost their fifth game of the year it took till just game eight this year we talked a, a, a lot about the defense but also what didn't help their defense was a, a lot of missed shots right around the rim missed Alley oops connection we kind of talk about wiseman missing a, a, a lob here or there it, and it led to a lot of layups and threes for miami and guys if we have the clip from Stephen curry this is what he had to say after the game about bad offensive possessions really getting the miami offense
3: going You know, try to have better possessions on offense first. You know, we had a couple of turnovers that led to open threes in transition. I think the beginning of the fourth quarter, they got comfortable kind of lining us up from three. Certain guys that you know are out there for a specific reason. We let them get, you know, get going. When you give up, you know, 41 to Struess and Robinson, it's going to be tough. Especially, like you say, you know what they're out there to do. So you got to take that away. And we didn't. Yeah, we just got to want it. You know, nobody's going to make it easy on us. We got to really want it.
5: Yeah, and, and Gary, just those, those, those five point swings. There were like two or three of them that really felt like when you look back at how the game finished out. If those five point swings go a different way, there might be a different tenor around last night's game, and maybe this team is four and four instead.
2: Well,
6: Kev, you know what? You look at the Warriors from the past, and I know their philosophy. When their defense is really sound, uh, they get deflections, they get steals, they get defensive rebounds, they get out in the open floor. They get better shots. The other team's defense isn't all set up uh, versus running half-court offense. And that's what they'd really like to do. So that's attention to detail and and. You know, I I look at, you know what I mean by running at a shooter? Um, There's a concept in the NBA, especially corner guys. Uh, You're in the strong side corner. You don't leave and help on dribble penetration. You stay home. But if your guy does get the ball and launches a three, instead of you're going to play percentages. Now, this is way back in the old days, not today's analytics. You run at the shooter, and then you take off. And if your team can get the rebound, you might have a long look. Because when you rebound, your first look is long. Your second look is to the to middle. And the third is the outside outlet pass. And uh, you're looking for quick transition points. And, um, you know, it, the, the defense sets the whole tone. It, it really, really does. I, I can't say enough about Steph. You know, 13 rebounds? Holy yeah. moly. When, when the heck's the last time he did that, Kev?
5: Yeah, no, it, it's been a while. It was his 10th career triple-double. I mean, he has always been a very good rebounder. I mean, last year he's he's consistently above five rebounds per game over the last couple of seasons. He's bumped that up to seven and a half rebounds per game this year. He, he actually leads the team in rebounding through eight games. So he's always been a good rebounding guard, especially recently. Speaking of Curry, we've got a little bit of time before our next break. How about uh, the the call that was overturned on Steph's three with one thirty nine left? If it stays a foul, he has a chance to tie the game. What'd you make of that play, Gary?
6: You gotta help me on that one. I I don't understand that. The the three of them huddled up and made the decision, and I'm saying, well, why why wasn't there a review? And that that was a huge call. I mean that was big, big call. Yeah. And frankly, I I don't think there was any debate on it. That that you know a game like a, a play like that as a coach, you're, you're sitting down and, and you're upset because the whole key in the NBA late game is referees want the players to dictate the score and the game outcome. They don't want to determine it. They want to let you finish it. That's why concept wise late game. You don't want to take it all the way to the rim very often because they're going to make you finish. Because if there's contact and it's kind of incidental, they're not going to put you on the line. So you got to create better shots, mid-range or perimeter, whatever you need. Three, and uh, here you got the greatest shooter in the history of the game. Yeah, I, I that one there befuddled me. I, I that one I was lost on.
5: Dub Nation, you don't want to miss this game. Join us live at Chase Center on Monday, November 14th as your dubs face the San Antonio Spurs presented by FTX. The first 10,000 fans will receive a Jordan Poole Pool Party limited edition bobblehead. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives are standing by. Time for a break. When we come back, we'll take a look ahead at the upcoming schedule for the Golden State Warriors here on ninety five seven. The Game.
9: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. At the Warriors roundtable, you can't handle the truth. Curry, screened by Draymond, Curry gets free for three. You got it. On 95-7, the game. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean.
5: What's up, folks? Last segment here at Warriors Roundtable on 95-7, the game taking your calls for the next five to six minutes or so before we make way for Chuck Walter and Alan Stiles. The line again, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Taking a look at the upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. The fun continues tomorrow in Orlando, 3.30 on the air, 4 p.m. tip time on 95.7. The game with Tim Roy and Jim Barnett. Then finishing up the back-to-back at on the road at New Orleans, Friday, 5 p.m. airtime, 5.30 tip The Warriors come back home to take on the Sacramento Kings Monday at 7 on air, 6.30 with Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert. Then a a nice long break in between games. They don't play again until Friday, November 11th against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are right now trailing the Celtics by two with five minutes and change to go. 6.30 on air, 7 p.m. tip time. That'll be Hoops for Troops night presented by Pepsi. On Veterans Day, and then Sunday, November thirteenth, at Sacramento, five thirty on the air, six p.m. tip time from the Golden One Center. So they'll play the Kings three times in the next in the first thirteen games of the season. Kind of an interesting schedule tweak there. Let's go back out to the phone lines. We got Joe in San Jose hitting us up. What's up, Joe? Hey, can um, uh, you see me? Yeah, we got
2: you. Uh, First of all, uh, uh, um, Gary, it's a privilege uh, to be able to talk to you while you're on the air. Thanks for taking my call. So uh, I am disappointed about the uh, start that the Warriors have made, but I'm also realistic. Um, This is a game of motivation. Last year, all of our players had something to prove. Uh, Steph wanted to prove that he can win without Durant. Uh, Clay wanted to prove that uh, he's back from his injury and, and he's still relevant. Andrew Wiggins wanted to prove to the NBA that he's a good player. Gary Payton and Jordan Poole are playing for their contracts. This year, I feel like the team um, is a little happy about winning the championship and our, our very content, and, and that's showing in their effort. And, and that's uh, we, we got to be practical. Uh, all championship teams go through this phase. I do think they'll be fine um, in a month or so. They are going to go on a five to ten game winning streak at some point. I'm looking forward to that earlier than later. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm, 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 I'm being realistic. That's one second. Um, I also think this is an year where the younger guys will have to mature. So we have to, you know, allow them time to mature. The only way they mature is they play, they lose, they learn. And we have to budget for that. So I'm looking for a 45 to 50 game, uh, 50 winning um, season. Maybe finish at the, you know, fifth or sixth seed. But, you know, be ready for the 20-game run in the playoffs. That's the one that matters. Thank
6: you. Joe, yeah. thanks for the We've call. We had some great calls tonight. And that, yep. That's a great breakdown. You know, there's an expression. You have a championship hangover. Like, you're you're feeling kind of good. You know, it's, wow, you know, we're the man and all that kind of thing. And But on the other side of the coin, you better understand – through the course of the season, you're going to get everybody's best effort. And when you're playing on the road, those fans are fired up. You're playing against the world champs. Players are fired up to play against those guys. So uh, I, I thought that was a great breakdown and talking about the, uh, the team and the individuals. And I think we've got to be realistic. I mean, let's, I'm assuming, say, Clay won't play the second night of another back-to-back. And you're not going to play these guys 40 minutes. You're going to, these main guys, maybe 33 with some nights off. So if you don't be, if you're not at the top with the Suns or if the Clippers get going or Denver, uh, they proved last year they didn't have to have home court. And uh, so just mentioned uh, 50 wins. Well, 50 wins is a heck of a season. There's an old adage in the NBA. If you can win thirty out of forty-one at home, that's a heck of a year. If you can win twenty of forty wins, uh, forty-one games on the road, that's a heck of an accomplishment. And there's fifty wins, and uh, that uh, I'm selfish. I'd kind of like to get the four spot because then you get home court. But if you're in the four-five bracket, you play one in the second round. So you know I this team has so much experience that they can handle uh, maybe not having home court, say in the first round or as the playoffs go through, they proved it already. And I think they can do it again.
5: Yeah. Thanks for the call, Joe. And yeah, I definitely enjoyed kind of the nuanced breakdown of, the winning streak certainly is coming. And I, I do think that the Warriors can shoot for you know, home court advantage in the first round. If they get into that three or four seed. Well, there was a stat I heard recently that no team seated outside of the top three had won a championship since the six-seeded Houston Rockets in their title defense in 1995, so all, almost 30 years. But if you could just, I, I think, home court for the first round, the, the Warriors have shown that they don't mind going on the road for the playoffs, and all they really need to do is win one road game in the playoffs, which they have done Every series since Steph, Clay, and Dre have uh, been a part of the team. So that's just about time for us here. Again, you could check out the Golden State Warriors tomorrow night in Orlando. First chance to see potential rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro, up close and personal. Bull Bull having a really nice start to his season. I think he had a double double last night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And a reminder that the Santa Cruz Warriors season starts Friday at home against the Ontario Clippers, com for ticket information there. Well, now, we say so long, and we hand it over to Chuck and Stiles from 7 to 10 p.m. here on 95.7 The Game. Have a good evening, everyone.
0: You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry brings it through. One hand free. Up and good. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. Got playful and nailed it. 95. seven. The Game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.